leave us in that condition, but he saw that there could be something made, something fashioned, something molded to our lives, and thereby we could serve him. The Holy Ghost is here tonight, but yet there's also the spirit of our enemy spirit of our enemy and I feel that the Holy Ghost spoke to me while I go standing here on the platform there's a spirit here tonight that has come and you've disguised yourself and you tried to look the part but it's not so because God's people are going to be victorious I said God's people are going to be victorious we're going to overcome I said we're going to overcome hallelujah it doesn't matter how dark it gets we're still going to overcome hallelujah we still will be victorious why because we are God's people hallelujah and those that know him will see him Well, hallelujah. We're going to see him. We're going to worship him one day. We're going to cast our crowns at his feet. We're not going to be plagued by spirits that divert, try to divert our attention, get us all in other ways, but yet we're going to see him. Hallelujah. As he is, for we're going to be changed to be like him. And we're going to be overcomers. Hallelujah. I said we're going to be overcomers. We are not quitters tonight, but we are in the battle to win. I said we're in the battle to win tonight. Oh, hallelujah. We're in this thing to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well, hallelujah. I said we're in it to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Now, there are many things tonight that vie for our attention. Many things do their best to try to plague our minds and get our attention. But yet there's something more important than what the natural man would desire to do, and that is what the Holy Ghost would desire to do. Well, hallelujah. Well, praise God. What is it that the Lord would want to do tonight? What is our purpose for being here? Why are you sitting on those pews? Why do we lift our hands? Why do we sing? Why do we pray? Why do we give in the offering? Why do we love God? Why do we worship Him? Is it because someone told us? Is it because we know that it's required of us? If that's the reason, then you're wasting your time, my friend. It is because not only do we need to, but God is worthy of everything we've done up until this point tonight in this service. God is worthy of it. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. And I don't understand why people come to church and do not seem to get a hold of what's going on. Just bothers me and right down to the core of my being as to why they never seem to get a hold of what's happening. My God is here tonight to bring us and to pick us up and to do something within our very hearts that would have lasting impressions. For he is God. Hallelujah. I said, he is God. Mm, Hallelujah. He is God. 
It has never gotten so bad that we need to find a place to quit. Well, hallelujah, it's gotten bad. And somebody said, well, I got stirred up at the teaching this morning. Brother, that didn't stir me up. That made me happy. That made me happy. Why? Because I know one of these days we're leaving here. It has been promised in the book. Well, hallelujah, the word of God doesn't lie. We're leaving this world someday. That's why the Bible said, comfort one another with these words. There needs to be an excitement in our heart. Jesus is coming soon. Oh, Jesus is coming soon. Brother, if you got scared and you're afraid after this morning, you need to pray through. I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I'm not disturbed. I'm not upset about it. I'm happy. One of these days, I'm going to see Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Some people get a little nervous when you talk about how soon the Lord could come. Oh, I get excited about it. Well, hallelujah. Only those that's not ready to meet him get a little bit upset, a little bit disturbed. What a, what a grand time to get it right. Well, hallelujah. What a grand time to get it right. Well, hallelujah. The Lord's coming. But until he comes, we've got a work to do. Well, hallelujah. Oh, thank God. How many of you feel like quitting tonight? Hallelujah. If you feel like quitting, my God, you need to reevaluate everything. Mm, hallelujah. See, you're stalling for time. No, I'm not stalling for time. I know where I'm at. I know those kind of things. But some people here tonight hadn't come to church yet. So we're just going to leave you wherever you are. Hallelujah. I'm not going to bother about that. If you're not here by now, there's a good chance you won't ever get here. Well, hallelujah, because there was a tidal wave of the presence of the Lord that swept in here tonight. And if it didn't touch you and do something to you and fine-tune you, then there's some other problems going on. Because it, was, it, it didn't want to lift. It just stayed, and it just hung heavy. Well, hallelujah, I said it just hung heavy, and it's still here. That same presence is still here tonight. Oh, hallelujah. And the devil is on the warpath. And he is out to see what he can do. But I am out to see what the Lord's going to do. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. If you have your Bibles tonight, let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel 30. Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter 30 and begin reading with verse 18. Reading a very familiar passage of scripture, one that is been preached about many times. First Samuel 30 and 18 reading. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away 
And David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. I like that. David recovered all. David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the herds which they drave before those other cattle and said, This is David's spoil. Notice verse 18, the Bible said, And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. David is still fighting. In this reading, David is still fighting the incomplete obedience of Saul. Because God told Saul to go down and destroy all the Amalekites. But because of Saul's incomplete obedience, David is still plagued with the same thing that Saul failed to complete the job on. You see, it, does, it may not plague you anymore if you don't complete it, but it's going to plague somebody that's going to come after you. Somebody else is going to have to go down and take care of a job that you left undone. And if Saul would have obeyed everything that God told him, David wouldn't have had to go down to the Amalekites and take everything back. Some people just don't seem to get the message. It's best to do it the right way the first time. Just get the job done and be done with it. Now, that's not what I'm going to preach about. I'm just showing you David is still fighting a battle because of his predecessor's incomplete obedience. Could it be that our children are still going to have to fight a battle in days to come because of something we didn't destroy? Could it be that your grandchildren are going to have to fight something because you didn't take care of it now? Myself included. Well, hallelujah. But the Bible said that David recovered all. He recovered all. Hallelujah. And everybody said in Jesus' name? You may be seated. Hallelujah. There are three things that the church of the living God must have if it is going to survive and exist and do the thing that it's supposed to do in this hour. There are three things that God's kingdom, the people of God, must forever maintain if, they're going, if there's going to be that victorious, great happening in the kingdom of God. And number one is there must be vision. Number two is there must be passion. And number three, there must be action. If any of these three die, there will not be a completion of the things that God designed for the church. Vision is that looking toward heaven for help. I'm going to tell you tonight, our looking at one another, our looking at the realms of our world will not take care of it. There must be a vision that we look toward God Almighty continually. The Bible said where there is no vision, the people perish. And then there's got to be that passion. 
That is that inward hunger of the soul for the things of God. If you do not have vision and you look toward heaven for your help, and if you do not have a passion, that inward strongest craving that mankind can have for the things of God in his soul, then there will not be a happening of the Spirit. But yet, there must also be action. Say, what is action? Action is the outward working of both the vision and the passion. You can have vision and you can have passion, but if you do not bring the two together and let them bring about an action, then nothing will be accomplished. Hallelujah. Vision, passion, and action. Like I said earlier, it's never reached the place that it's time to quit. We have not seen that time yet. The day has not gotten dark enough. The nights have not been long enough yet. The valleys have not been deep enough. The rivers have not been too swift. The deserts have not been too hot. No sickness has been great enough to cause us to quit. So look for that place in which you and I may find a quitting place and get off the old ship of Zion because of the turbulent waters. It's never reached that. But if the church is going to survive in this hour, there's got to be a vision, there's got to be passion, and there's got to be action. When looking at the life of David, David was a great man. He was a man that, in my estimation, outside of Jesus Christ and maybe the Apostle Paul, David was one of the greatest characters written in God's Word. Not because that David was perfect, but because of his heart and because of the way that he allowed God to talk to him. Because of the way that he conducted himself when God did speak to him. But when you look at the life of David, there were many ups and downs. There were times in which David was riding the height of success. And then you read about David riding down in the depths of destruction. And his life was like a roller coaster. It went up and it went down, but that is not anything unusual because so is ours. We go up and we go down. But when you look at David's life prior to the reading of the word of the Lord tonight, this was probably one of the lowest moments of David's life. Prior to verse number 18 of 1 Samuel chapter 30 was probably the most lowest time, the most despondent moment that David had. For you see, everything that David had had been taken from him. It was not that David was totally destitute in the ways of, of being able to accomplish something, but everything that David loved had been taken from him because, you see, David, David, was at that, at that time in his life when he felt though everybody was his enemy. And the Amalekites came in, and they took everything that David had. 
His life and his spirit was in disaster. There was something about the way that David responded to this time in his life. And David's life was just about in ruin. It was a pathetic place that David was in. But it was during this time that David had lost his vision. It was during these times that David had lost his vision, that being able to look to heaven for his help, that being able to turn his eyes toward God and ask God to help him. For the Bible said in 1 Samuel 27 and 1, And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. David had reached the place and he had lost his vision because he had forgotten the promises of God and God's ability to protect him against his enemy. He had forgotten the fact that the prophet Samuel had come to his house one day when David was just a boy and said, David, or Jesse, God sent me down here to anoint one of your kings to be, or one of your sons to be king. And all the boys marched before Samuel the prophet, and there was none of them that God was pleased in. And finally Samuel said, do you have any more? Jesse said, I've got one. And he's a shepherd boy. He's tending sheep. Said, go fetch him. And they brought David in. And when David walked before Samuel, the Lord said, that's him. That's the one I want. And so Samuel poured the anointing oil upon David, and it ran down on David's head and down upon his garments. But now, many years later, David was fleeing before Saul. He was running for his life. He was just trying to survive. And after all of his running and everything, he said, Now I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. I've just run as far as I can run. I've gone as far as I can go. David had become bankrupt of vision. He could not see a way that God could deliver him, for he had forgotten the things that God had promised him. His vision was weak. He could not see beyond the circumstances that he found himself in. And so he said, one day, one day, one day, there's no need for me to even worry about it any longer because one day I've reached the point that I'm going to be destroyed by Saul. I have run. I have labored. I've done my best. I'm tired. And one day, now I see it, I'm going to perish by the hand of Saul. Because you see, David had forgotten all the many times that God had delivered him. David had forgotten the time that God delivered Goliath into his hand. David had forgotten the many times the Lord had walked with him, and therefore his vision had failed. He was unable to see the hand of the Lord. Listen, when we as a church lose our vision, and we fail to see what God can do for us. Brother, we're in trouble. We're in danger. We are in a strait when that happens to us. When we begin to say, I guess now, and I might as well throw in the towel and say I'm going to perish at the hand of that thing, that spirit that has been dogging my steps for days now. 
I guess I might as well throw in the towel. No, for God's sake. If God calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light, remember, he's still the Lord. God. Oh, hallelujah to God. Oh, hallelujah to the Lord. But, oh, you don't understand. There's been a spirit trying to attach itself to me for months on end now. But still, you're not going to perish at the hand of your enemy. Oh, hallelujah. I said you're not going to perish. You may have lost your vision, but there's a way to regain the vision that God had once given to you. Oh, hallelujah to God. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like preaching now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We're not going to perish by the hand of our enemy. Why? We're God's people. David, remember when Samuel poured the oil on your boy? God said, I am going to establish your kingdom. And it hasn't happened yet. You're not finished, David. Your days are not over. You may not be able to see how you're going to come through this. You may not understand how it's all going to work. But David, remember, God got you out of the sheepfold. And he brought you up to be the next king of Israel. And Saul's going to diminish one day. But David, you're not going to perish at the hand of your enemy. You're not going to lay down and him run over you. Why? Because you're a child of the king of heaven. Let me tell you tonight, saints of God, I don't care what it is that's trying to attach itself to you. It may have been stalking your trail for months, yeah, even years. But you're not going to perish by that because you're God's child. I'm going to make it. You don't see it a lot of times. It's not there. You may have lost your vision, but yet there is a way to regain that vision. How am I going to make it? I don't know either how I'm going to make it sometimes. But oh, when you say, I shall not perish at the hand of my enemy, that means that you have just given your enemy the permission and you've just let him know that he's just about wore you down. But oh, saints of God, hear me well tonight. Brother, God is still God. I said God is still God. I don't care how deep your valley is, there's still a bright resurrection morning coming for you. There's still going to be a time when your life is going to be happy, and God can restore to you the joy of your salvation. You see, David was a great warrior. As I said a few services ago, the devil does not attack us in our weak areas, but he comes in our strength, and he tries to tear down our light from our strong points. Why? Because he knows that if he can tear down our strengths, then we will not be a benefit to anybody else. Hallelujah. He did not attack Joseph in an area that Joseph was weak in. But he went to where Joseph was strong in. And that was his, his feelings and his desire to be morally pure before God. And when the devil attacked Joseph, it was in an area that the devil knew Joseph was strong in. And he could have an impact on somebody else 
by his strength. And so he tried to destroy him through iniquity and immorality. But Joseph was strong. The devil, Satan himself, did not attack Daniel in a weak area. But he went to that area where Daniel, he knew Daniel was strong. And that was he knew Daniel prayed three times a day. And he went in there and got everybody stirred up and said, you know, I believe if we get him to where he cannot pray but to anybody but to the king, we can destroy him. He came to Daniel's strength. That is why the devil would love nothing more than to hear us say, well, I shall now perish one day at the hand of this that has plagued me all my life. But let me tell you, if God called you out of darkness and he brought you and placed you in the kingdom of God, you need to stand flat-footed in face of your enemy and say, I shall not perish at the hand of my enemy. I have been called. I have been blessed. God has filled me with the Holy Ghost. I am not anything for you to run over. I'm a child of the living God. I know who I am. He's my heavenly Father, and he loves me. You lose your vision. You lose your ability to see. We all do. But yet, we've got to maintain something with God and understand that he is the Lord. He doesn't change. David, if you could only remember that feeling you got that day as you stood before Goliath. And Goliath asked you, what do you think I am, a dog? David, if you can remember how you felt that day when you stood before King Saul and Saul put the armor on you and gave you all of his weapons of warfare and you looked at all that and said it won't work and you laid it all down and you went out by the brook and you counted out five smooth stones and you put them in your pouch and you went out there and stood before Goliath, the mightiest warrior the Philistines had. David, if you can just remember how it felt that day. But you see, David had lost his vision. He had lost his ability to see and to feel and to know. That's why I say if the church is going to be triumphant this hour, by God, we've got to keep our vision. We can't afford to lose our vision. What do you mean my vision? I can still see revival. I can still see God working. I can still see God moving in the lives of our young people. Yeah, but everything looks against it. But that's beside the point. Uh, my God works in the midnight. Uh, my God works in the noonday. Uh, the only thing I need to do is leave it open for him to touch us. All I see is a mass of problems and a flood of troubles and heartaches and all kinds of di disaster. Yeah, I can see that too. But I can also lift up mine eyes into the hills which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. I'm getting my vision off the weak and beggarly elements of this age. And I'm going to put my vision to a place that has never failed. You see, David, what a great warrior he was. A great man. But he had that moment when he said, I'm going to perish. I'm going to perish. There's no need to run any further. There's no need for me to get excited about it anymore. I'm gone. I'm finished. I, I just can't run no more. No need for me to even labor with it. Because I can see right now the handwriting on the wall. Saul's got many more men than I've got. He's got more scouts than I've got. He can chase me down any time that he gets ready. I'm just about finished. 
But David, you're forgetting who you are. David, you're forgetting what you are. David, you're forgetting where you came from. Yeah, David was a warrior, but yet even strong men need a rest. Even strong warriors get discouraged. They get discouraged. David, remember whose household you're of. Remember it was all your brothers that went to war. And you may not have went down there right then to fight the Philistine, but you fought them since then. You're a great man, David. Don't say that in your heart. Don't let your heart speak of destruction to your soul. Don't let your, your, your inner man say that you're going to be destroyed. No, David, do not, do not allow that lapse of faith to reach the place that you cannot see what God's done for you in the past. For it sets the precedent for the future. And so David said in his heart, well, I'm going to be destroyed by Saul. You see, he lost his vision. He had forgotten who he was. He had forgotten the place God brought him from. Oh, let me tell you tonight, church. There is ever diabolical evil that we can possibly even imagine working. It was trying its very best to get us to say, well, I'm tired of fighting, so I guess I'll just have to say to myself, the enemy's just about to get me. Oh, if it could just pull us down, then the soothsayers and the gainsayers and the fault finders and the murmurs and the complainers would go off and say, you see there? I knew that church wouldn't make it. I knew they'd never survive. I knew that they would never make anything out of themselves. I knew that just give it a little while and it would be over. But yet, oh, but yet, I know who I am tonight. I know where I came from. Where did you come from? I came from an altar of repentance. I came from a place of prayer. I came out of a watery grave in Jesus' name. I didn't come from something that was done in a corner. But, brother, we got royal blood flowing through our veins. He redeemed our life from the hand of destruction. That's why I say we're not going to perish at the hand of our enemy. That mental pressure is not going to destroy you. I said that mental pressure is not going to destroy you. My God, let him purge your mind. Let him purge your thought process. Let him put a new vision in your heart. 
but you don't know what my mind's been under. No, but I know a God. I know a God in heaven. Oh, that God of glory. <laughs> oh, he can wash and purge your mind. You're not going to perish. No, you're not going to perish. Why? Because of who you belong to. Oh, hallelujah. Where did you come from? I came from a prayer meeting. I came from the house of God. You go home tonight, and that pressure may try its very best to attack you afresh. You need to remind it where you just came from. Yeah, but you don't understand. I, I may not get all fired up tonight before service is over, but that's beside the point. When you get home, you need to remind that spirit where you just came from. Wait a minute, you ungodly spirit. I just came from the house of God. Yeah, but I didn't see you shouting. No, but I was still there. I heard them sing. I clapped my hands. I love God. I heard the preaching. I prayed. I gave him the offering. You're not going to destroy me. I may not be on my mountaintop right now, but there's still a God in heaven that loves me, and he cares for me, and he's caressing my heart, and he's loving my soul, and he's going to bring me through. Well, hallelujah. Sometimes we let the devil get the upper hand. We need to remind him of where we just came from. Oh, hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Who are you? Tell the devil who you are. David lost his vision. So, not only did he lose his vision, but he lost his passion. What do you mean he lost his passion? The reason that David had lost his passion or his hunger for God was due to the fact that he had not inquired of the Lord in a long time. He had been so caught up with running that he hadn't stopped and took time to inquire of God. He had forgotten to pray. He had been absent from the prayer meeting. And when David stopped inquiring of the Lord, now listen to me. When David, I wish I had the, the vocabulary to express it the way I feel it. When David Stopped inquiring of Jehovah God. You find it in the scripture. That's when David went down and joined with the Philistines. He lost his passion. Because he hadn't been to a prayer meeting. He hadn't been to a red hot fervent prayer meeting. And so what happens when he stopped inquiring of the Lord? That's when he joined in with the Philistines. And he said, you know, that's the very ones he had been fighting with uh, all those years. That's the ones that had been their enemy for years. But when he stopped inquiring of the Lord, that's when he went and joined to those that he used to fight against. I'm here to tell you tonight, when you lose your passion for the Almighty God, and you lose that inquiring of the Lord, and God, what shall I do? God, what shall I do? You direct my life. When you do that... You're going to bring about a compromise in your spiritual soul. 
David, the Philistines are your enemy. But David couldn't see it because he hadn't inquired of the Lord. He lost his passion for God because it had been so long since he had prayed. You see, when you stop inquiring of the Lord, that's when you start joining up with the very thing you've been fighting against. I may not be getting through to you tonight, but I'm going to tell you what, the pressure's on. You've been fighting, and you've been laboring, and you've been battling, and the hell that hates you, and it's done its best to destroy you, but after you're running, and you're laboring, and you're trying to get away from it, just keep your sanity. You hadn't been praying lately, and now the very thing you fought against is the very thing you've started embracing. But I get tired. Yeah, but when you stop inquiring of the Lord, it's going to look like the thing to do is embrace it to keep it from fighting against you. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm labored. I, oh, I, I, I'm so tired of running from Saul. I'm so tired of always having to hide and watch around the caves and, and look through the rocks. And I'm so tired of it. David, just stop praying. And you find out David went down and joined himself to Philistra. Philistines, y'all got something for me to do down here? Man, I'm so tired. Man, I am so weary. You know, I, I know I fought y'all tooth and toenail weeks ago. I know I, 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 I whipped y'all all up and down one side and down the other. But I'm so tired of running from Saul. Not only did I have Saul to fight, I had to fight y'all. I'm so tired. And so David didn't inquire of the Lord. He didn't pray. He didn't seek godly counsel. He didn't ask any wisdom. He went down and joined himself with his enemy. Oh, God help us tonight. I hope I'm reaching somebody. The devil's been after you, and you're tired. And you've labored, and you're getting weary from the journey. But for God's sake, don't stop praying. Don't stop inquiring of the Lord. Even you may not feel like praying, but my God, get yourself to the prayer room. And put yourself there, no matter if you pray or not. You're still going to be somewhere where you can hear them inquiring of the Lord. Well, I don't have no joy. I'm tired. Get, still get down to church. My God, get down there where they're singing. My God, get around the altar. Well, I don't feel anything. Get out there anyway. Because the next step is you're going to be compromising and holding hands with the thing you've been fighting against. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Losing your passion for God will bring about that compromise. Listen, David compromised who and what he was when he didn't pray. Who are you? Oh, I'm nobody. I'm a nobody. Just let me just get in here and hide amongst the stuff. I'm a nobody. Uh, uh, somebody said, you know, it strongly resembles David. But that can't be him. David never acted that way. Say that was David. 
No, no, that's not David. David, David would act that way. David's a warrior, man. He's a fighter. But you see, oh, God. Oh, God. When David quit praying, he compromised who he was and what he was. There would have been a day that David would have walked in that camp and said, I'm telling you who I am. I'm David. Anybody want to try me on for sides? I'm ready to fight anybody in here. You know why David had not compromised who he was and what he was? Let me tell you, when you stop inquiring of the Lord and you, you desire no more knowledge from God's book and you say, I'm tired of hearing all of what I've been hearing, Brother, it ain't going to be long. You're going to compromise who you are and what you are. You'll not tell them I'm a child of the king. You're not going to tell them what church you go to. You're not going to tell them anything about you. Why? You're trying to be hid. The man who stops praying will start sinning. And the man who prays will stop sinning. Where's your passion for God, David? David, remember, you used to sit out there on the side of that hill and you got that harp and you would just play. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want you. There was a hunger in your heart, David, for Jehovah. And you would write that beautiful, those beautiful songs. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Oh, that prepares your table. Can David, don't you remember that passion you had? David, don't you remember? It was because, David, back then, you inquired of God. God, what do you think? God, what do you say? But now, David is not inquiring anymore. And he's lost his passion. Do you remember how it used to feel when you would bring yourself to the altar of God and you would prostrate yourself before him and the sweet glory of the Lord would come? What are you doing in the camp of the Philistines? Remember how you used to feel when they start a song? And brother, there would be something that would come all over you and you'd get out now and you'd just start dancing in the Holy Ghost. What are you doing in the camp of the Philistines? You remember how you used to steal away in the midnight hour and pray? And you would pray until heaven came down and kissed the earth. What are you doing over there with your enemy that you used to fight against? What are you doing out there with one that you used to fight daily just to survive? It's because you lost your vision and you lost your passion. And you quit inquiring of the Lord. And now you say that the easiest thing to do is just join up with them. That way it seems like the easiest way out. Oh, God. My God. David went to the enemy's camp when he lost his passion for God. The great victories of the past were just a faded memory of yesterday after he joined up with them. Some people tonight in this building are just faking what they really are because they've joined up with the enemy. And you're trying to act suave. 
and the things great. Don't need to worry about me, man. I'm cool. I got it together. No, you're not. All you're doing is faking something you're not because you're in the enemy's camp. And all those victories of yesterday, the enemy you fought against so long, Mm. My God. My God. You see, David quit inquiring. <clears throat> he quit seeking God. But you don't understand, Brother Joe, David had a lot of pressure on him. Ooh. Well, join the club. You don't understand. Saul hunted him daily. Right. 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 But God protected David daily. That still wasn't an excuse to stop inquiring of the Lord. But you don't understand. Man, I'm so busy. Let me tell you something. If I get so busy, I can't pray, I'm going to tell you the first thing that's going is that other. It ain't going to be prayer. Because inquiring of the Lord is the only way you're going to stay out of the enemy's stronghold. But I, I've got, I've just, it's been on me. You don't understand, I've, I've labored under it for so many years. I've fought this family situation for years. Still no reason not to inquire of the Lord. Still no reason to quit praying. But you don't understand, I've, and I, I've, I've been in the way for a long time, and it hasn't seemed to get no better. No, but my God, you're still here, aren't you? You still know his name, don't you? You still know what it feels like for the Holy Ghost to run down your spine. My God, if you've got an ounce of God anywhere around you, you better say, wait a minute. Wait a minute, God. Let me find me a place and inquire of you. One. More time. One more time. One more time. And it was while David was in this predicament. It was while David was in this time. The Amalekites came in. And they just took everything David had. Not only has David lost his vision, but he's lost his passion. And now he has lost everything that he had. David was very skilled in the ways of war. But yet, yet, when David returned home, <laughs> and saw all the destruction, and he saw everything that the Amalekites had done. David didn't tell his men, all right, boys, let's get together. We're going to get it. No, 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 because, brother, not only did David lose, but all of his men lost, too. And, brother, it got bad. They got ready. They, they, they about one stone, David. Oh, David's your fault. David, if you'd have kept your passion and your vision, we wouldn't have been here. And the Bible says 
In 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8, when everything was bad, when it was down, when it was over, when it was finished, the Bible said in verse 8, and David inquired at the Lord, saying, ah, suddenly something happened to David. Listen to what he said. And he said this. He said unto Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee. He said, bring me hither the ephod. What do you want about the ephod? Well, what's wrong? What's going on, David? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've lost my vision, and I've lost my passion, and I've lost everything I've got. But, oh, I know a way to inquire the Lord. I'm going to go back the way I used to do it. He said, bring the ephod. And they brought it, and the Bible said, David, inquire of the Lord. Wait a minute. What's fixing to take place? David said, Lord, shall I go and pursue after them? Or shall I just sit right here? All of a sudden, God, I want you to tell me what to do. God, if you'll renew my passion and you'll renew my vision, I'll pursue my enemy and I'll take it back. I will get out of the camp of the Philistines. I'll leave the place I found myself in. So David inquired of the Lord. Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him, Pursue. Woo! You mean I can go get it, Lord? Go after it, David. And all of a sudden, God renewed in David that fire. He renewed that fight. He renewed that passion. Why? David began to inquire of the Lord. Let me tell you now, you may be down, and you may have joined yourself to the Philistines, but if you'll begin to inquire of the Lord, he'll renew your passion, he'll renew your vision, and you can begin to pursue it again that destroyed you. There are some spirits here tonight that's got you on the run. But if you begin to inquire of the Lord, huh? God would put a passion and a vision in you, and you'd start pursuing your enemy. Where are you going? I'm going after that devil. He ain't going to steal from me like that. He's not going to run over me like that. Why? Because I've been praying. Well, hallelujah. I've been inquiring of the Lord. Brother, I, I, I've been pursuing some things. We need to inquire of the Lord. What's happening? Because you see, you're not going to perish at the hand of your enemy. That's a lie the devil pawned off of you. But when you stop inquiring and you start enjoying the fellowship of that you used to fight against, my God, oh, you're in trouble. I said, you're in trouble. Hell doesn't like this tonight. But since when has he ever liked anything that God's people have done? When they start inquiring of the Lord. Yeah, I'm not happy where I am. Inquire of the Lord. Get out of it. Let God renew your vision. Let him remind you of what he's done for you in the past. If some of you right now would go back through your, through your memory of the miracles God provided and performed for you and done in your life, brother, this building ain't big enough to hold us. This building ain't big enough to hold and the shout and the cry of what would go up in here. You know why? The devil has robbed you of your vision. But my God, I remember the day he healed me. I remember the day God gave me a job. I remember the day God supplied my need. I remember the, God, the day God did this. The God, day God did that. Brother, when you get a new vision in your life, wait a minute. I am still a child of the king. I am still his servant. He loves me and I love him. You get a new vision in your life. 
Yeah. What do you mean I'd get a new vision? You'd start seeing it all over again. I'd just imagine how David felt after he inquired of the Lord. And God said, pursue them, David. Go get them. And see David said, wait a minute. Man, I, I, I've been anointed of the Lord. S yeah, Samuel anointed me. What am I doing down here? Wait a minute. God said, I'm going to be the next king. What am I doing here? Come on, man, let's get up. Have a one of you. I remember where I got you. You was all in debt and destitute, and you wasn't worth a nickel. But God put us all together. Get up from there, boys. We're fixing to have us the battle of our lives. Why? Because I remember who I am now, and I remember what I am. I remember where I'm going. I remember where I came from. If some of you would start remembering what God's done in your past, your future wouldn't be so dark. Your future would look better and better and better and better. Why? you got a new vision. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Man, I remember them prayer meetings. I remember those times with God. What am I doing here? I'm not a loser. But I'm more than a conqueror. Why? Am I sitting here? Why am I having a self-imposed pity party? Hell, you must not have no troubles. Man is born of woman, got plenty of them. But wait a minute. I don't need to be down here. I don't need this. God is my God. I lost my vision, and I lost my passion. But when David inquired of the Lord, that was the first time in many a day that David had asked anything of God. But when he asked, God said, pursue it. Pursue it. Pursue it. That's your enemy, David. That's just your old enemies all in here. Go get them, boy. Don't sit here in this pile of ashes and, and, and moan and groan about the condition you found yourself in. Get up. God has put a new vision in you. Anybody here ever had God heal you? Anybody here have God supplied your financial need? Come on. God ever give anybody here a job? Come on. What are you doing? Letting all these spirits run over you. I say, where's the action part? That's what I'm getting at. When David inquired of the Lord, God took a new vision, and he gave him a new passion, and he put some action in David. David didn't sit there and say, well, we'll have to wait a while and make sure it's right. No, 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 no. Brother, when he began to inquire, God said, pursue it, David, and David got up and went. Some of you need to get up. Get up and pursue your enemy. Why? Because he's got some things of yours that don't belong to him. You don't need him. You just want to take what he's got that belongs to you. Put some action into your prayers. Mm. 
Marcus Aurelius, the famous Roman philosopher, once made this statement. The true worth of a man is to be measured by the object he pursues. We've seen the day come in which man will spend himself for things that are of such trivial value. Things that man chase after are like a mirage on the desert. And once they get them, they don't have anything. They chase the dreams only to awaken to a nightmare. They never stop and ask themselves, is my life worth this? Is my soul worth it? Is my family worth it? But the true worth of a man is to be measured by the object that he pursues. David had been pursuing the path of least resistance because he went down to the camp of the Philistine. I don't have to worry about it when I get down to their camp. At least I don't have to fight them. But David, that is not going to solve your problems. But you see, when David began to pursue after the enemy that had stolen his goods from him, all of a sudden, everything about David begins to turn around. It wasn't long after that that Saul died. It wasn't long after that that David became the king. Hello? Why? He was pursuing. Something that had worth. Something that had value. Something that by which we could judge his life. I wouldn't give you a nickel for David sitting down in the camp of the Philistines. But when he began to inquire of the Lord and God gave him the green light to go, all of a sudden the worth of David just goes up. Why? Because he realized I am still who I was before. Hallelujah. Who are you tonight? You're a child of the king. You belong here. God's got revival for the church. God's got miracles for us. But yet, if the devil can steal our vision and our passion, there'll be no action. No action. Hallelujah. God performed a miracle for anybody here tonight. Let me see your hand. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Won't you start thinking about what God's already done? God reminds you of who you are. Oh, start inquiring of the Lord and quit asking those that don't pray. My God, I'm not going to ask somebody who don't know how to pray what to do about spiritual things. Well, they'll steer me wrong. How do they know how to go in or come out? How do they know what God's got for the hour? They hadn't been praying either. They hadn't been inquiring. They hadn't been seeking his face. They hadn't been talking to him. Oh, but they're gurus of wisdom. No, they're not. Oh, no, they're not. They'll lead you down the wrong path, and you'll both wind up in the ditch. But, my God, if you get out on your knees and say, God, oh, God, what I do about this situation, Lord, what I do about this one over here, God, give me some direction. Let your word be preached. Give me some strength. Give me some wisdom. It won't be long you'll have an action in your heart. Wait a minute, you say, wait, God, you want me to do that? Lord, you mean that? Lord, all of a sudden, brother, you get fired up, and you say, now, where's my enemy? What happened? It's because you begin to inquire of the Lord. 
Job, what made you such a great man? It was because even though Job had his troubles and his heartaches, the Bible says that when he had all the news of his calamity, he worshiped. And he praised God. And he loved God. And his wife said, curse God and die. And he said, you talk foolishness. <laughs> and Job's comforters came around. And each one of them gave their own dissertation as to what his problem was. But, but Job said, go ahead and say all you want to. But if I knew where to find him. Ooh, if I could just get to him, if I could just find him, I know what I'd do. I got some things I'd tell him. And Job said, I looked on my right hand, he wasn't there. I looked on my left hand, he wasn't there. I looked before me, and he wasn't there. I looked behind me, and he wasn't there. But he said, but he knoweth the way that I take. Job, what are you doing? I am still pursuing my God in the midst of my diversity. I am still pursuing my God in the face of my calamity. It doesn't matter where you are tonight. God's still been so good to you. It ain't time to lose your vision and lose your passion. It's time to let some action get in your heart and say, wait, I'm a child of the King. I belong to God. I belong to God. Esau sold out for a bowl of pottage. Gehazi lost his life in a good measure because he pursued after gifts. Judas lost his life because he pursued the money. Lot's wife lost her life because she pursued the iniquity of Sodom and Gomorrah. But every one of them Lot's wife, Judas, Gehazi, and Esau, every one of them knew what it was to see God work and to feel God work. But they did not renew their vision and their passion, and thereby they had no action. Lot's wife saw Abraham build altars and worship. Judas saw the Lord perform miracles. Esau had a father that was a worshiper of the Lord. Gehazi was the prophet of God's servant. And he knew the power of God. But they lost something. Hmm. My God. Yeah. There's somebody tonight you've lost your vision. You don't see it as clear as you used to. But brother, it's still very clear. God is still on the throne. He still loves you. Mm. Ah. You've lost that passion. That feeling that if I can just get to church, it's going to be all right. My God, if I can just hear him sing again, if I can just get to another prayer meeting, you've lost that. But if you would inquire of the Lord this night, 
you'll renew those things. And you won't be joining up with the enemy that is, you have fought against for so long. There's nothing more sad than to see someone stand against the wiles of the devil for a season. And then later see them entangled in the very things they used to defy. And if David had not inquired of the Lord. In verse number 8 of that 30th chapter. He may have never made it to the throne. Because he had already camped with the Philistines. But because that he inquired of the Lord. God. Renewed some things in his being. Mm, ah. There's a deep probing of the spirit here tonight. What about your vision? Can you still see God supplying your need? It's a dark day, yeah, but I can still see the hand of God supplying my need. Ooh, Lord, you're going to come through. I know you are. How you know it's dark? You can't see nothing. Yeah, but he said he would. I can still see it. Still got a vision where I can see God doing something. I can still see God filling people with the Holy Ghost. I can still see God turning the lives of young people around. I can still see him working in among the people of God. Yeah, but it's dark where I live. Uh-uh, it's not that dark. Lift up your eyes a little bit. What about your passion? What about that strong urge? Your faith? Your feeling? Hey, devil, I got your number. We're not ignorant of the devil's devices. But sometimes we sure act like we are. Why? Because he comes in subtle measures to do his best. But as long as the church keeps their vision and their passion and action, brother, there's going to be something happening in the spirit world. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, hallelujah. There's a probing of the Holy Ghost right now. Yeah, some people, somebody tonight has seen themselves. And you have allowed yourself a privilege that you couldn't afford. And that is, you've grown lax in your inquiring of God. And you're looking toward the camp of the Philistines. Because you're so tired of battle. But I said God wants to renew your vision tonight. He wants to renew your passion. Huh? Hallelujah. As we stand at our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. And the Bible said. And David. Recovered. All. Listen to me, saints. The Holy Ghost is here tonight to help you to recover everything you've lost. 
My God. Huh? Woo. Yes. He wants to give you recovery where you can testify of the greatness of Almighty God. Mm. David, what are you fixing to do? I am fixing to destroy my enemy. Yeah, but what, what, what changed in you? I began to inquire of God. And God began to give me a new vision. Huh? My God. Huh? He re told me and showed me once again how he delivered Goliath into my hand. Huh? He showed me again the lion and the bear. I feel, I feel an awesome presence of the Holy Ghost right now. He showed me once again the many times on the side of that Judean hill where he came and gave me a song. Woo! And I'm ready to fight once again because something's been renewed in me. Church, it's time we get a new vision of revival. Oh, God, let something miraculous take place in my heart. Where all I can see in my spiritual vision is God doing something. God working in this corner. God working over there. God supplying that need for that one. God answering that prayer over here. God renewing the mind of this one. God help me. I want to see it. By faith, I want to see it. Mm, ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now, saints. Mm, the Holy Ghost wants to minister right now. Ah, ooh. You've been plagued, and you may have said, I, I can't go no further. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're not there. You're not destroyed. You may be cast down, but you're not destroyed. Oh, you, you, you may be cast down, but, but, but you're not forsaken. God still loves you. God still cares for you. You may have been through the heat today, but why don't you come into his cool presence tonight and let, 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 him, let him work in your heart. Let him work in your soul. Let him work in your mind. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, ha, ha. Hallelujah. Come on, saints. Let's begin to worship the Lord right now. God wants to move in some lives. Mm, I challenge you to step out in that aisle and say, God, renew it in me. Renew my passion. Renew my vision. Let there be some action in my heart. I, I can't quit now. God, you've done so much for me. Oh, remind me of my past victories. Remind me of my past prayer meetings. Remind me of my times I used to shout. Remind me, oh God, of how I used to worship. Renew it in me. Renew it in me. Renew it. Renew it. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, God. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, there's some prayer warriors here. The devil has stolen your vision. <laughs> it ought to be a long time since you couldn't wait to get in your prayer closet. <sighs> it's been a long time since you felt the compelling presence of God. Take me to prayer. 
take me to prayer. Oh, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. Ah, let's pour our heart out to the Lord, church. My God. Oh. Mm, God. There's enough miracles of the past in this place tonight <laughs> to set us afire. Oh. Oh. Remember that pity got you out of? Remember that hell hole that God redeemed you from? What have you been pursuing lately? What has been the pursuits of your life? Little